So we're back in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 9, verses 32 to 43. And um, we've been looking with the life of Saul, later to become Paul, and now we're going back to Peter. Uh, But before we do, um, I'm kind of curious. You know, you think about life in every organization, every sport, uh, any production, whether it's music or drama, you find that there are major roles and there are minor roles, right? Um, The people who play the major roles obviously get the more attention. You know, the starting quarterback gets more attention than the backup kicker right? He's more well-known. The CEO of a company is going to get more attention than the janitor. The main actor in a TV show is going to get more recognition than the walk-on that becomes part of the show. I have an uncle who, who you guys don't know. I mean, anybody here ever seen The Walking Dead? Me neither, okay? But uh, it's, a, it's a series that's been probably going on for several years, and there's main people in this, and I'm sure the people who follow that show would know who those main people are, but they would not know who my uncle is. In Spokane, a couple years ago, he was an extra. You know, he got all uglified like a dead person and was walking through Spokane, and he made it onto his TV show as one of those guys, but he's an unknown. I don't think he got paid anything. I think it's like, here's your opportunity to be part of TV, take it or leave it, and so he took it. So the person who does the main role is a person who's going to get all the attention. And uh, you know what, that's kind of how it seems to be in ministry. The people who do the major roles are the people who get the, the most attention, right? And we're going to be looking at that today and how that happens in ministry. Uh, ministry, the Greek word, I'm not going to try to say it, but it means to serve or to serve as a slave. And it's, re- it's being used and showing service to God uh, on behalf of other people in his name. So we look at Peter. We're going to look at a guy who was major in ministry. He was a big, well-known name, and so he's going. He gets a lot of the attention. He, in this in this passage, we're going to look at today, Acts chapter nine, verses thirty-two to forty-three. We're going to find two different ministry examples that Peter finds himself in. The first is he heals a guy by the name of Aeneas. And let me read this for you. It says, as Peter traveled about the country, he went to visit the saints in Lydia, where he found a man named Aeneas, a paralytic who had been bedridden for eight years. Aeneas, Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and take your mat. Immediately, Aeneas got up and all those who lived in Lydia and Sharon saw him and they turned to the Lord. You know, Peter is one of the most well-known characters of the New Testament. When it comes to the disciples, guess whose name is listed first in the Bible when it's, when it's listing off all the disciples? Peter. Um, he's, he's, um, he's, he shows up the most of all the disciples. He, he is the most experienced. Peter is a guy who's, uh, who's walked on the water. Peter is a guy who has been invited as one of three main disciples who got to go with Jesus on special occasions, such as healing someone whose who's daughter risen from the dead. I mean, he was there when that happened, when Jesus did that. He was the guy who took his foot, stuck it right in his mouth. He, he, he makes his bold claim that Jesus, I'm not going to let you go die for your faith. But exactly when the opportunity comes to stand up for Jesus, what does he do? 
He goes running away like a scared kid when Jesus is getting hauled away. And then he denies Jesus three times. But everybody knows Peter. Um, when you look at through the Bible, you, you find that there's 12 disciples, but you don't hear very much about many of them. There's a couple of them that you hear about, but most of them you have to hear through the history grapevine in order to find out what they actually did. Peter's a guy who shows up a couple more times in the book of Acts, a couple other books of the Bible, and even writes his own first and second Peter that we find in chapter 8, it says that he, um, he was the guy who went with uh, John, who went to Samaria. Remember when Simon, the sorcerer, saw um, uh, Peter and John, they were, they were laying their hands on them, on people, and giving them the Holy Spirit? Just recognize that Peter was one of those two people. So this guy is a major player in the New Testament, and there's a, far more about him than anybody else. And now he's going through the countryside and he's he's uh, encouraging the churches of people who have scattered since the persecution in Jerusalem. And he's 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 a main person there. And in his travels, he comes across a guy by the name of Aeneas, a guy who was a paralytic, a guy who couldn't get up to save his life. His body does not work for whatever reason. Was it a sickness? Did he fall off a, a roof? Was it, uh, did he get attacked by somebody? We don't know, but here's a guy who's out of commission and he needs help. He's just stuck there laying on a mat. And Peter says to this guy, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and take your mat and get out of here. What would you call that? I'd call that a pretty major miracle. I mean, there's, there's people that we know and love, but we don't have that ability to go to Janet Stickney or Lamar or my wife, you know, and say, here's something and, and you just are better, right? So when you see this happening, it's a big deal. And Peter is the guy who's getting to say these words and God is working through him to be able to heal Aeneas. This is a big deal. Well, news of this travels very, very quickly. And we find that it travels all around the area. And if, if you can see this, right here is where he heals this guy by the name of Aeneas. And news travels all the way along here. And so he gets his opportunity to do his second major miracle in a, in a couple of days, which is to heal someone from the dead. So he just goes on this little path from here to here in order to do this. So his second miracle that he does, he does. Was he revives or raises Tabitha from the dead? It says in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which when translated is Dorcas. We talked about that in Sunday school back early this year and had a lot of fun with that name, Dorcas. Um, it says about that time she became sick and she died. Her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa, as you, could, as you were able to see. It says, but when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydia, they sent two men to him and said, please come at once. We have this person who we love. We want you to see what you can do to help her. So Peter went with them. And when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around crying and showing the robes and the other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them all out of the room. He got down on his knees and he prayed and turning towards the woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand, and he helped her to her feet. 
Then he called the believers and the widows and presented her to them alive. And this became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. So Peter, he recently just did a major miracle. This guy who's been bedridden for eight years, boom, on a, on a, on a, on a dime, is able to get up and start walking around as if nothing's ever happened. His second miracle is that he is able to raise this woman from the dead. Major, right? It may not be that exciting to us because we don't know these people and we've heard these stories a hundred times, but we're going to get to the point where you say, ah, I see what that means for me. So you have major miracles that are happening in the Bible, major people doing major things. And today there are major people <laughs> doing major things. David, Dr. David Jeremiah, here's a guy who everybody knows. He's a guy who, who writes, he's, a respect, he's, he's respected, people request him as speakers. He's a guy who's been on uh, cruise ships, and people go on the cruise ship to go listen to him for several days. My parents were one of those people a couple years ago, and we were texting, and it was back when it was like 50 below, and I'm like, Whatever it was, it was like 80 degrees. Somebody do the math. How big a difference in temperature is that? It's like 130 degrees difference. And anyway, so he's a guy who gets to do that, and people want him to go. He writes books. He writes the Bible studies that we're using in our Bible study class. He's on the radio. He's on the TV. He's on the websites, right? And everybody at our church, or most everybody, knows where to go to, to hear this guy who is a modern major player in the Christian faith. Even, even in Sunday school today, Darren <laughs> brought up a devotional that, about what David Jeremiah had wrote. This guy is a major player in the Christian faith. And bless them for that. Um, but then you have missionaries who are overseas. Next week, the Sparkses are going to be here. And they're going to share about their ministry. And then we're going to have a potluck in their honor. So I hope that you are here if you can make it. But we're, we, we know that missionaries do that. They go overseas. They sacrifice their... The, the modern conveniences of America, they learn new languages, and a lot of them get to witness big things that you don't get to see here in small little Plevna. I mean, the whole tribe comes to know the Lord. There's, there's healing. There's just all sorts of things that people get to do overseas. And then there's this guy here. You might look and say, he's good looking. Okay, you would say that, right? Okay. Um, you might say, this is a major guy in, in ministry. He's the pastor of a church. He's a guy who's up front. He gets paid. To have, and people sit there in church on a Sunday morning when it's beautiful out there, and they listen to this guy, right? There's only one of me. And you might say, this guy is a major guy. It, that's, that's, he does something major in ministry. It doesn't matter. All those are important roles. Um, I mean, and a lot of a lot of pastors, a lot of missionaries, a lot of speakers like David Jeremiah get put up on these big pedestals, and people practically worship them because they are just that good. They're just that amazing, and um, and they have a part to play. But they don't have the only part to play. Uh, you might be saying that you know I don't fit into that category. I don't get up at night. I don't preach. I haven't written any books lately, you know, that people want to read. Uh, no one's knocking at my door to come get me to, to speak. 
I have never been overseas on a mission field. You know, so I'm feeling like what I do really doesn't matter. You know, I really feel like I don't really have anything to offer because I don't compare with them. But I want to encourage you and remind you that it doesn't matter whether you feel like you fit on the major scale or the minor scale. God is something that he wants you to do. And he, he's only designed it for you to do. So we're going to be looking at how we do those kinds of things. So minor or major, David Jeremiah, we got Peter, we got the missionaries, we got all those kinds of people. But then we see here, we see a minor role in ministry. Uh, this gal named Tabitha, um, same passage, it says that in Joppa there's a disciple named Tabitha who is always doing good and helping the poor. It says that when she died, it says that all the widows were standing around saying, hey, Peter, look at what she's done. She's sewed, right? She has made clothing. She has made robes to give to the poor. And so that's when now and I, I take nothing away from sewing. I am not a sewer. You know, I, I think it's cool how you can run the machines and how you can fix them and how you can make things like this that I wear. If it was up to me. I don't know what I would be wearing if I had to make it because I just, I don't have that skill. So I take nothing away from that. I think there's a great skill and ability in that. But people might say, look, okay, sewing versus David Jeremiah. I say like, they're on like two totally different things. You take Peter who healed somebody who raised the dead and compare that with sewing. I mean, they're going to go, wow, Peter's awesome. And Dorcas is more impressive than me, but she does not compare. But Dorcas was doing what God designed her to do. He, she was doing exactly what she was supposed to. It says she was a disciple. She was a follower of Jesus. She stayed where she was at, but she believed in Jesus. And her life demonstrated it by the fact that she was making these uh, items of clothing. And she was always doing good and helping the poor. She was probably a widow. I mean, that's my assumption since she's standing around. I mean, she's she's. They're dead, but there's a bunch of widows around saying, hey, look what she did. But her ministry was always to do good and help the poor and make these garments for people to wear. By comparison, it really doesn't seem to compare at all. But I'm, I'm here to tell you that I believe God is exactly happy with Peter, the exact same as much as he is with Dorcas. They're not doing the same things, but they're doing the, the full measure of what they can do with the talent and ability that God gave them. And so God says, I'm equally with happy with Peter raising the dead as I am with Dorcas, who is willing to always serve and help the poor. <clears throat> you might find yourself feeling in that situation where you don't compare. I don't feel like I'm as, I'm as good as David Jeremiah. I don't feel like I, I don't get the experiences of somebody overseas. I can't raise the dead. I can't do all these kinds of things. They feel like you don't add up because you, you can't do the same amount. You know, I feel like as a, I feel like compared to David Jeremiah, I'm a wannabe preacher and I'm not looking for anybody to say, oh no, you're good or stuff like that. That's how I feel. I feel like, why would you sit here and listen to me when you have that? I mean, that's just my own, my own personal thinking. Um, I don't get asked to be a guest speaker. I don't, I'm not on the radio. I'm only online. Do you know why I'm online? Because no one puts me online. Do you know how many people, how many followers or people who, uh, I guess it's called followers that the church website has. It has 33. Do you know who has 142? 
Noah. <laughs> he reminds me. I, I started watching it going up, and when it was about the same, it was fun, you know. But now it's like 33 to 142. It's completely different. So I, I know how it feels to compare yourself to somebody and say, I'm on a losing end here. I'm minor compared to, to somebody so major. But that's not what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to compare ourselves with each other. We're supposed to take the talent and ability God gave us, where he gave it to us at, and use it the best that we can for him. And I'm sorry if you don't feel like you measure up because God blessed you with something and he wants you to do it to the best that you can. Tabitha just sewed clothes. Peter preached and 3,000 people got saved. Peter healed the sick. Peter raised the dead. And by comparison, it doesn't compare, but God has blessed them both with their the abilities that they have. So now we have the major. We have Peter about as good as it gets. And then you have Tabitha, which is good, but it doesn't compare. And I want to like go away from there and say, point number three, what about me in ministry? Which means you, everybody can say me. Let's everybody just try it. Say me, me. So, okay. So me in ministry. Now there's a lot of passages in scripture that talk about spiritual gifts. And I bring this up because Peter had a spiritual gift, maybe multiple spiritual gifts, but he had that gift. Why? Was it because he was such a good fisherman? Was it because he was a guy? No, he only has those gifts because God looked and said, Peter, I want you to have this gift. I want you to be able to do that. And so he was able to do that. Uh, before we, we go a little bit farther, I need five kid volunteers. I need five kid volunteers. Please don't make me stand up here by myself. I need five kid volunteers. Okay, I got three. I need two more. Come on, Victoria. No? I'm not moving on until I get two more. Okay, fine. I guess we'll go with three. Okay. Okay, we got four. Okay. Now, do I have another volunteer to come? Okay, now we have too many. No, it's not. Okay, all right, here you go. Take this. Don't open it, please. Don't open it. Okay. Who wants it? Okay, sorry, thank you for coming up. I'll, I'll give you something. Anyway, uh, have an airhead for that, okay? This is really tough work, isn't it? Okay, and I'll, here, I'll let you, I'll let you, you can pick out three pieces, okay? Okay, no? Okay, well here, here, this will work just fine. Take this. Okay, you can do the same thing they're gonna do. Okay, I want you to go walk up to somebody that you know or you don't know, and I want you to give the water to that person. You keep the candy, but give the water to them. And you can keep that candy, or you can give it to somebody, your choice.
Thank you very much for doing that. So ministry is doing what God asks you to do. It involves anybody at any age. It really doesn't take much in order to bless other people. Okay, so I had five kids that I needed. It says in Mark chapter 9, verse 41, I tell you the truth, anyone who gives a cup of water in my name because he belongs to Christ will certainly not lose his reward. Those kids just got, are going to get a reward, I believe, in heaven because they did that. Now, how, what did it cost those kids to come up here? A little bit of embarrassment, right? A little bit of prodding from somebody. But it didn't cost them anything. Here's water. Here's a little bribe, you know, to do this. It didn't cost them anything. When they gave it away, it didn't hurt them. It was just that simple. Here you have a gift. Here, give it to somebody else, and I'll bless you for it in the meantime. And that's exactly what it's like. God gave you a spiritual gift. It doesn't cost you to have it. I have the ability... In my opinion, no, to, to speak or to, to, to preach. You know, God said, yeah, I'm going to use, use you, Josh, to do this. Do you know what I had to pay for that? Nothing. I didn't have to pay anything for that. God just says, look, here's a guy who's willing. I want him to have this gift, and I want him to use it in Pleasant, Montana. And so I, I do that. But I didn't ask for it. I didn't, I didn't have to bribe. I didn't have to cry for it. He just says, here's a gift. Freely you have received. Now freely give it away. So let those water bottles be the reminder. God gave people gifts freely, and he wants you to take those and give them to other people. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we looked at, uh, we, for a scripture reading, we read a little bit about a list of spiritual gifts. There's four different uh, passages that talk about spiritual gifts. Uh, there's 1 Corinthians 12. There is Ephesians 4, Romans 12, and 1 Peter 4. So if you're kind of curious uh, about what they are, but I want to look through 1 Corinthians chapter 12 a little bit. And it says in verses 4 through 6, there are different kinds of gifts. Right? Peter had the gift of healing and of speaking and of raising the dead. And Dorcas had the gift of serving, the gift of being able to use the talents God gave her to use to bless other people. Totally different gifts, but there are a wide variety. There's different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. So we find, first of all, there are a wide variety of gifts, spiritual gifts that God has blessed us with. And God has blessed every single one of you. If you put your faith in Jesus for salvation, God has blessed you with the spiritual gift. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 verse 7 says, Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. We have gifts to use not to make myself look good, not to benefit myself, but to benefit each other. If you have the gift of serving, it's for benefiting other people. If you have the gift of singing or if you have the gift of administration, that is not just for you to make you look good. That is for the good of everybody else. I think that's probably not anything new, but it's, it's a good reminder. There's a variety of gifts and they're for the common good. They're for the good of every one of us. Verse 11 says, all these are the work of one and the same spirit, and it gives to each one just as he determines. God gave Peter this gift of speaking. He gave him this gift of healing. He gave the, the, this, the ability to raise someone from the dead. He gave somebody here the gift of administration, the gift of teaching, the gift of serving. Why do we have these gifts? 
says the Holy Spirit determined, you know what, I think Darren should have this. I think Mrs. Wagner should have this. I think Melissa should have this gift. And he gave them to us. So we can look around and say, man, my nemesis, David Jeremiah, is so awesome. But why, does he, why can he do that? Because God gave him the ability. He had to work through that. He had to improve that. But he could only do that because God gave him the, the ability to do that. The Holy Spirit gave us our gifts. This is where... It starts to get uncomfortable. This is where the rubber starts hitting the road. It says, verses uh, 14 through 20 says, Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. This is where we look and say, we need all hands on deck. We need every part of the body to do its work. If I, the foot, if I, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it really doesn't matter. He would not, for that reason, cease to be part of it. Just because he says, I'm not that important, doesn't mean he's free to go and just, he's still part of it whether he wants to be or not. And the, the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it wouldn't, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. If you are here as a believer in Jesus, you are part of the body of Christ. We need you. We need each other. We are all functioning like a body in order to accomplish something. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? Right? We can't all do the same thing. If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If, it, if we, they were all one part, there would, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but there are one body. <clears throat> Paul is using a, a, an example of a human body to say we need every part. Now, I am not a complete human. I mean, I'm, I'm a human, but I'm not a complete fool. I don't have every part that I was born with. You know, besides missing teeth, my gallbladder is gone, right? But I don't, I don't notice that it's not there. I mean, maybe recently I have some, some issues that are related to that. I don't know. But I, it really doesn't. It, it disappeared, and it doesn't affect my life. But if my hand gets cut off... Good thing I know how to use my right hand a little bit because um, I, I'm going to be lacking something. If my foot gets cut off or if I lose an eye, all of a sudden I'm going to struggle. And that's the way it is with the body of Christ. If we don't have everybody doing their part, some, some other part is going to try to make it happen. They're going to try to make up for that part that's missing. And yes, you can limp along. You can get your crutch out there. And, and you're, you're right. I can work harder because the left one's missing. But we all need every part of the body to do their their part and it says you are the body of Christ each one of you is a part of it if you're a believer in Jesus you're part of the body of Christ the, the E-Free Church is part of the body of Christ the Lakeview Baptist Church the there's churches all around the world that are part of the body of Christ and if people are stepping outside and saying I'm, I'm not doing any, did this anymore or I don't feel like doing it or I'm not I'm just I'm done there it's making it harder on everybody else God's works through the body of Christ and so we all have our part to do and if you're a believer in Jesus you are part of the body you know, in any company, in any uh, sports team or any production of any kind, there are, there are different roles that are played. Some are major. Yep, today is one of the most embarrassing days of my life. It's Pastor Appreciation Sunday. I love you for it, but it's embarrassing. And it's, um, but it looks like I'm a major part, right? And, and I get paid and I'm up here every Sunday and you guys come and listen. But I'm no more important than Noah who's cleaning the janitor. We're doing something different, but I, I only have my ability because God gave it to me. So don't look and say, because I'm not Josh, 
I'm doing nothing. You know, you're making a want of cookies. I don't make a want of cookies. You're, you're sending out cards to people. Um, I talked to uh, Carol last week and she told me she was already going to be gone, but I got permission. But I said, I went and visited Ida and I mean, not Ida, I mean, Erna. And you know what I found there was a card, a get well card from Lauren and Carol. Nobody knew that. Right, except for that I happened to see it and now I'm telling all of you. But that to me, I told her that is a big deal. I mean, Erna may not be really aware of who this is anymore, but God looks and says, good job, Carol. Good job, Lauren, because you did that. So it doesn't matter if you're the major part or the minor part, it's just doing the part that God gave you. So yes, the starting quarterback, even on a crummy team, is going to get more credit than the backup kicker. The CEO of a company is going to get more credit than the janitor who just keeps the floors and the bathrooms clean and empties the trash. The main actor in a TV show is going to get more than my uncle, who is just a walk-on for a one-episode experience. Whether you put yourself in the major or the minor category, just get rid of that, those categories altogether and just realize you're part of the body of Christ. God gave you a job to do, and I just encourage you to do it. Don't compare yourself with anybody else, but just say, I'm going to do what God has given me the ability to do for the, for the glory of God and for the good of everybody else that's around me. Just be encouraged to use your gift and do it the best that you can. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for... Uh, what we see in Peter as a major role player and, and Dorcas as a minor role player, but it really doesn't even matter. We know that God, they only have those abilities because you gave it to them. God, I know we got to look at ourselves and say, Hey, am I, am I doing what I was called to do? And if I am, then I've got to be happy with that. Not to be jealous of anybody else or compare myself, but just to recognize, God, that you bless those people with that gift just like you blessed me with mine. I just got to make sure that I'm doing what you've asked me to do, God, and do it the best that I can for your glory and for the good of other people. I just thank you for this message. I pray that we would go throughout our weeks being encouraged, knowing that, God, you blessed us with the gift and just to do it the best that we can. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.